1: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: Oh, can you believe it? Can you? Let me hear you. Let me hear everybody out there in football land. Oh, I can hear you. I can feel the vibes. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge, your daily sports betting brand of record. But this is not a daily show. This is a specialty show. This is year number three. We are back with our Week 1 NFL Mega Preview. Every single Tuesday, if you're watching us live at 4 p.m. Eastern time, we will be here live. If you're watching us on demand, we love all of you as well. Now, <clears throat> there's Thursday Night Football, 8 1 o'clock games, 5 4 o'clock games, Sunday Night Football, and Monday Night Football. We will go through every single game, just like we've done for the last two years. This is year number three for us. We are fired up and ready, because I have two of my absolute very best, back for another season. Ladies and gentlemen, they are worthy of an introduction. First and foremost, first and foremost, I want you, R.J. White, the stoic one, to enlighten all the good people at home that if they're not a Sportsline member, what kind of NFL content can they still get sir?
0: You go sign up to Sportsline. You go and get my power ratings every week. My initial power ratings came out on Monday. We're starting QB power rankings from Mike Tierney, where you also get my downgrade rating if a quarterback suffers an injury in that post. You get a ton of other content from Jason Lock and You get some Thursday night football betting previews, Monday night football betting previews. Just a ton of content for both NFL betting and fantasy that you don't want to miss. So go check it out on the Sportsline site.
2: RJ runs everything NFL for us at Sportsline. We can't do it without him. Now, another man who's his right hand, who's been here since literally the first show together, and he loves the NFL more than anything, the maestro. Larry Hartstein. Larry, welcome to another NFL season, sir.
3: Coach, I can't wait. The contests are up and running, uh, talking about how many entries we're going to have. RJ and, I, RJ and I partnered in a contest in cash last year, so uh, let's do it. Let's just get right to it.
2: Come on. You're you're damn right. And By the way, a little added bonus for everybody at home. If you see the name in the chat, Phil, capital M-C-G, that is Phil McKagan. He coached for many years in the NFL. He coached in college at the highest level. He's a part of our team this year. He's in the chat right now. If you have any questions when it comes to a team, how strong some defenses are, wide receivers, whatever, put them into the chat. Let Phil know, and he will answer them in real time. He will be a part of our primetime coverage on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays so we can see everything from a coach's standpoint and a betting standpoint. We want to make you smarter. So here we go, gentlemen. Game number one. It's the Lions, and it is the Chiefs. And Maestro, I'm starting with you because you have a pick in this one, but both of you are going to talk about every single game. But shocking news came out just a little bit ago, maybe an hour ago, that Travis Kelsey, the future Hall of Fame tight end, the best tight end in all of football, hyperextended his knee in practice today, Tuesday, And now his status for Thursday is very much up in the air. Your thoughts on this one as the Chiefs are currently six and a half point favorites. The total sitting at 54 and a half. Excuse me.
3: Yeah, late update, Coach. The Chiefs are currently five-point favorites as the market is reacting in a huge way to a tight end. It may not have ever happened that a tight end has moved the line this much, and that's according to R.J. White. But why shouldn't he? 137 catches last year. I'm watching a replay of the Super Bowl right now, and Mahomes keeps looking for him on every play. You lose Juju, you lose McCole Hardiman, so there's a ton of opportunity for guys like Sky Moore in this game. But I'm looking at the other side. I'm looking at a player prop, and and it all all has to do with Chris Jones being out in that contract dispute, the number one interior defensive lineman in the entire NFL. His backup, Wharton, who's not very good, is also banged up. Uh, He'll probably play, but it is a massive drop-off, and this game sets up beautifully in my mind for David Montgomery, replacing Jamal Williams. What did Jamal Williams do? 17 touchdowns last year in this role for the Lions, got almost 70% of the carries and I love the Gibbs the the exciting rookie out of Alabama but he is going to be used I believe more in the passing game in fact they're talking about throwing him a lot of deep balls which me which to me means that David Montgomery gets a lot of carries anytime touchdown coming back at plus 115 his yardage props are on the move his rushing receiving props are on the move but this one is still plus money
2: mm, I like that a lot and the Lions Under this regime, they love using these type of players to score. I love this play, Maestro. Now, RJ, let me come to you because with that news and with the number coming down, does it change anything of how you're looking at Thursday night this week?
0: Yeah, I did like the Chiefs going into the game. Um, you know, week one with Reed and Mahomes, they have been phenomenal scoring points 38, 40, 34, 33, 44. Really love them to go over 30.5 at minus 115 for their team total. Had to take it off as a best bet because of the Kelsey injury. Um, but, you know, we said the same thing about losing Tyreek Hill last year like they're going to be a different offense, and they were actually better. So I'm not saying that Kelsey is is replaceable, but we're going to get to Thursday night, 11 p.m., and Noah Gray is going to have two touchdowns out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just happens with these guys. They know how to scheme up an offense. So I think they're still going to score points. Detroit 28th in points per game allowed last year, not making a huge leap on defense, at least early on, that I can see. Um, I think Mahomes can handle the pass rush, but as the receivers are going to need to step up. And they do have talent there. Sky Moore didn't get a chance to show what he could do last year. I think he's going to step up, have a good year. Valdez Scanlon can hit some big plays. Um, so we'll see what the receivers do without Kelsey on the field. But I wouldn't play um, Kansas City at this point. Um, but if it gets down under five, four and a half, think they're too good. You might want to lay the points. I'm definitely not looking to play Detroit.
2: Yeah, we know in the last couple of years, the Chiefs, who, as everybody knows, KC in the chat already said it, they're my team. And they are the most frustrating against the spread team in the history of time. It's unbelievable how many games they win and how many times they don't cover the spread. And I know a lot of times it's because there's a big spread. But this one is not that big. This one is not that big. By the way, Phil did go to Lions training camp. you have any questions about their receivers? He's seen them in real time with his own two eyes. You can ask him in the chat. All right, let's move on to Sunday. This is the first of the 1 o'clock games, Cardinals and the Commanders. Now, new OC, Eric Biennemi came over from the Chiefs to the Commanders. There were some stories about, oh, the players didn't like how tough he was. Get over it. You want to be a championship team? So the Commanders are laying seven. Kyler Murray somehow is going to be a – Um, Oh yeah. A captain, even though he's not playing, that makes no sense, but he is. So RGM coming to you first with the number of seven total at 38. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I want to know who's playing quarterback because typically you get availability on those quarterbacks on Monday and the you know they, they put the schedule out because they're supposed to speak Wednesday and Arizona didn't put anybody out. So I don't even know who's playing quarterback at this point. Um, so that would mean you to go to Washington, but you just simply can't back Washington as seven-point favorites against anyone until they prove that they're worth it. Um, the offense was not great last year. More optimistic in Howell after what we saw in the preseason that he can lead the offense, but this is too many points to lay. You look at that total, it's 38. And covering a seven-point spread on a 38 total is pretty tough. Um, so I'm not that confident in, in Washington. I don't really want to play Arizona, but I would lean to Arizona. If it bubbles up even more, we can get the seven and a half with the hook. I think at that point, I'm looking at Arizona. Their defense should be better with Jonathan Gannon leading the charge. And if Dobbs is starting, Joshua Dobbs, he showed with Tennessee, he can go compete. He almost took them to the playoffs last year against Jacksonville. So I think that's good. I think with McLaurin banged up, you can also sprinkle a little Jahan Dotson anytime touchdown at plus 150 or better. That might be a play to get you into this game. But aside from that, it's pretty ugly game.
2: I think it's ugly too. I won't be watching this, but Maestros, we come to you for some reason. The Cardinals, even though Kyler's hurt, they cut Colt McCoy and they go with a guy who has, what, two NFL starts? I just don't get it if you're the Cardinals. I don't get it at all. Your thoughts?
3: Well, they're talking up Clayton Toon as the potential starter. We don't know because RJ's right. They're not making either quarterback available to the media on Wednesday. For me, this is going to be commanders or pass. You know, Sam Howell looked very good in the preseason. But for me, more, it's the energy around the franchise. Now that Daniel Snyder is out, I think there's going to be a great vibe around the team. I think they're going to start fast. Uh, I'm not in a rush to play it, but it's Washington or nothing.
2: Okay. Very, very good. All right. Let's go to a division where two teams are playing each other. And I think this division um, is not going to be that hard. And so if a team can really get some good quarterback play, and I'm talking about the NFC South, any of these teams could win Panthers. They've got Bryce Young. He was the number one pick in the draft. The Falcons, they have a new quarterback as well, but they're laying the three and a half I'm coming to you total of 39 and a half. Do you also agree with me that this division is up for grabs?
0: It's interesting because the market has decided that Atlanta is a pretty good team and, and they've soured on Carolina for some reason. You see their win total get bet down. Uh, this line was three. It's up to three and a half now. Another very low total. I think it's hard to see a margin of victory over a here, I like taking the points with Carolina. It's not going to be a best bet, but that would be my lean. They still have a very strong defensive front. And if they're able to shut down the Atlanta rush game, which is very good offensive line, one of the best in the league at all. I don't know if we can trust the Atlanta pass game yet. I think Desmond Ritter has a little more upside than we saw last year, but we still got to see it just like with Sam Howell. The Atlanta retooled their defense in the offseason, but it's going to take time for them to find their groove. And there's not much edge rush on the team of note. So Bryce Sun can settle in. You typically don't like backing a rookie in his first start on the road. But I think he can settle in. I don't think this pass rush is that that um, unconquerable for him. And I think he can go and have a solid game, keep this game close, keep it to a three-point game. So if I'm playing this one, it's going to be the Panthers.
2: I would tend to agree with you. I haven't seen a lot of Bryce Young maestro. But when you're giving me three and a half and I can buy that up to four or even four and a half at minus 130 or minus 140, I'd rather do that than play a team and have to win by four. You? I would rather be on the other side, a, a rookie
3: making his first start on the road. I know the Falcons defense is not that impressive, but they should be better than last year. Made some big name signings. I don't like the weapons that Bryce Young has around him. He's going to be great for sure. But on the other side, I think the Falcons are going to do what they want. The late, the last that I heard is that Brian Burns, his status is, under, is uncertain. He is their best pass rusher. If they don't have him, Desmond Ritter is going to have all day. Plus, he's got a great running game. He's got a very good offense line. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be like 31 to 17, but I could definitely see like 24-10. Okay.
2: Again, another ugly one, but again, whoever gets off to a fast start in the NFC South should have the upper hand with Tampa and the Bucks also starting new quarterbacks this year. We'll get to those two teams in just a little bit, but as you know, we've already started taking over. The early edge crew is absolutely everywhere, but now we're in sapatico with all the people. It's what we do
1: Visit com today.
2: I encourage you all to watch the morning show at 10 a.m. Eastern time because we'll have the schedule for all the crew members on HQ that day every single day. And by the way, if you're just joining us, Phil McKagan, one of our new crew members, is in the chat. He coached for many years in the NFL, many years in college. If you have any questions for him, put them in the chat. He will answer them for you in real time. All right, gentlemen, back to one o'clock games on Sunday. These are two teams that are in a division in the AFC North, Maestro, that all four believe that they're good enough to be a playoff team. Bengals laying two and a half. Now, they played most of the preseason without Joe Burrow. We don't really know how healthy he is, the total at 47 and a half. How much are you taking the Burrow injury into account?
3: I think you got to account for the fact that he didn't do much of anything in the preseason. We saw him start off a season pretty badly uh, last year. I think the Browns are a great teaser leg at plus eight and a half. They've had Joe Burrow's number one and four Five interceptions in those games. I love the addition of Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, of course. Finally, they have a defensive coordinator in Jim Schwartz who knows what he's doing. And I think the offense with the additions they made and getting rid of Kareem Hunt, who was one of the worst offensive players in football last year, averaging under four yards a carry. I hope a lot of those touches go to Nick Chubb or go to the passing game. I like the Browns, but especially in a teaser.
2: Well, Joe loves the Browns
0: week one, he says.
2: Uh, RJ, do you love the Browns, whether it's in a teaser or whether it's just getting the points straight up?
0: Well, I'm glad Larry brought up a teaser because I looked into some of the books around, around the uh, the, you know, the nation and it seems like a lot of them are jacking up their their teaser prices. So I'm seeing minus 130 or higher on a lot of them. So maybe minus 140. I wouldn't play teasers at that number, even if you're going through the three and the seven. So if you still have access to a book that has minus 120, I can see teasing a game like this. But for me, I'm probably not going to be giving out a lot of teasers this year, just knowing that people are going to be paying too much of a premium to, to play that teaser. So just looking at this game, just on the straight line, I mean, I would lean to Cincy if Burroughs. Healthy, I think the line should be the other side of three. That's after I adjusted my power rating to make Cleveland a little bit above average. I initially had them below average, thought I was a little too harsh on them. Watson probably isn't going to be as bad as he looked last year. And even at that, I think the line should probably be three and a half or maybe four. So, quick, since he's quick passing game, if Burroughs in there can neutralize the Cleveland defensive front and he can pick on the cornerbacks, which I don't think are very good on, on Cleveland, and Watson better be his old self because Luann Arumo can shut it down if, if not. We know he makes great adjustments in the second half, and, um, and that. Team better be scoring and get it out to a lead early if they want to win this game. And it's hard for Cleveland to win if it's Chubb and the offensive line. Um, and they're relying on that if Cincy's putting up 24 plus points and burrows out there. So my lean would be to Cincy, but uh, he should have got it when it was minus one. At two and a half, I'm probably staying away.
2: You got to believe that Cincinnati, with what they've done the last few years, understand how every single game is important. They need a home playoff game this year. They can't be going out and going to Buffalo or going to Kansas City and keep rolling the dice. So a lot of that is good analysis. By the way, Alicia in the chat, oh, I'm devastated by the Kelsey injury. Alicia, relax. We're the defending Super Bowl champions. Relax. It's all good. It's all good. Now, let's go to two teams, gentlemen. And, RJ, I'm going to start with you first that have their quarterback sort of. You got Stroud for the Texans. He's a rookie. He's going to struggle. They always do. And then the Ravens have their guy, Lamar Jackson, 260 million, whatever it is, but they've got their guy. Ravens are laying 10, the total of 43 and a half. So RJ, let me come back to you. your thoughts on a, at least as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, a mismatch.
0: Very big mismatch. is a really tough test for Stroud in his debut. We talked about rookies on the road and Ravens are shaping up have one of the better defenses in the league. Um, so it's going to be really tough for him, especially considering he doesn't have established weapons in the passing game to lean on. So if they can get it done with Damian Pierce chewing up clock and 120 yards rushing, maybe they can stay in this game. I think it's unlikely. Baltimore is not deep at cornerback, but Houston doesn't have those receivers to take advantage of that. Baltimore's new look offense could light up Houston, but if you're Baltimore, why show it at all? You got at Cincinnati in week two. I would you know, play of kind of vanilla game plan here get out with a win and save my new wrinkles for that game so even though my power ratings would put this at minus 12 I don't know that we're going to get the full unleashing of Baltimore in this game so if I'm looking to play this game I think you play the Houston team total under 16 and a half at minus 110 um, or the uh, the full under it for my under 43 and a half thinking that the Ravens keep it a little conservative in this game but because they have done so well in week one in the past I'm more apt to lean toward the Houston under
2: I'm telling you right now, you better go read those power rankings, read all the articles from RJ, because a lot of times you see a game on paper like this one and you don't get that analysis. Why would they show anything? Why would they show anything? They won't. All they want to do is win the game. That means at 10, you kind of got to stay away. Maestro, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I mean, 10 is so attractive, but the way the Ravens handle the preseason and then week one when they absolutely crush people by 25 points when they're in this favorite role in week one over the last several years. I'd be looking, though, at the full game under for both teams because I agree with RJ that the Texans are not going to do anything offensively. But I think that Ravens offense is going to be good, but it's going to take a little while with all the new pieces they have. And the Texans defense was very respectable last year. It was the offense that led let them down completely they add will anderson you know top five pick a great pass rusher so i would look at the full game under and look for the ravens to get out of there with something like 27 to 10
2: and by the way maestro joe says i kind of miss early edge in five maestro give us a total basis (laughs) this is the first day it hasn't been on the air what do you mean you miss it already we only have so many people we only have so many people all right now, this next one's very, very intriguing because a you always have that sexy pick, Maestro. You know, every year they go, that's going to be the team. that If I see them in the Super Bowl, it's not going to surprise me. Well, this year, it appears to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're laying five on the road. Indianapolis also starting a new rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, out of Florida. The total sitting at 45. And again, the Jags are favored by five. So, Maestro, when you look at this, are you a believer – in the Jacks. Not
3: completely but in this game I actually am because you know even though the home team has dominated this series I believe it's 11 straight wins for the home team in this series the Colts just want to see what they have with Anthony Richardson they're going to give him the start in week one they have a lot of injury questions we know Jonathan Taylor's out Uh, Shaq Leonard might be out as well this is about developing a future quarterback it is not about winning right now whereas the Jaguars coming off that year should be ready to roll the addition of Calvin Ridley I I love that offense. So I would lean Jags and lay the points.
2: Oh, people are forgetting about Calvin Ridley, aren't they, RJ? Your thoughts?
0: I'm not sure if many people – I'm playing fantasy, and I don't think many people are forgetting about Calvin Ridley. He gets drafted up there with the Chris Olaves of the world, and I think it's a little high for him. Uh, The Indy defense, people don't realize, they played pretty well last year until December, and that whole team fell apart under Jeff Saturday. Can't coach on Sunday, I guess. Um, They could have success here You know, if if they're they're back in line. Jacksonville's offensive line is in a bad state, and Gus Bradley's aggression should benefit taking advantage of that and limit Jacksonville to to points. Um, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Game. indy not likely to score much anthony richardson's first game he gets the benefit of being at home but um still no jonathan taylor so the skill positions are, are one of the weaker in the league with uh with anthony richardson there um if you're worried about jacksonville's offense scoring you'll play indy under 20 and a half i think is fine I've, I've seen 45 and a half in the market i think at fanduel um i think that's the way i would play it is take under 45 and a half in the game because i could see the jaguars not scoring as much as people expect and i don't think the colts score a ton either
2: I encourage you all to pay attention to my guys because there's so many different ways to attack a game. It's not just about the money line, not just about the total, but you can do team totals. Or if you watch our primetime shows, we do a lot of different plays, but you got to be smart. you got to be smart. By the way, we're about 20 minutes in. You're watching the NFL Week 1 Mega Preview from the only crew you need to worry about, the early edge crew. By the way, Phil McKagan, he'll be a part of our primetime shows this year, former NFL coach and college Division One coach. He's in the chat. Any questions, put them there in real time. All right, this next one is very, very interesting. And, RJ, I'm coming back to you. Because the 49ers, I don't know if it's shocked the world, but it surprised me that they decided, you know what? It's going to be Brock Purdy. We're going to get rid of Trey Lance. He's going to go to the Cowboys. So now the 49ers are Purdy's team. And they're favored on the road, two and a half, against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that, at least in the preseason, looked pretty good with Pickett when he was playing quarterback. The total sitting at 41. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, when has this ever gone wrong? When a quarterback has succeeded for, what, five, six games and then you turn the keys over to him. Not saying that I would have kept Trey Lance. It seemed like his time had come. You know, he gets hurt too much. He hasn't played really in three years. So, I mean, I don't know what you can expect from him. This San Francisco team looks a little weaker to me than, than people, I think, realize. Um, their offensive line might be a weakness after after Mike McGlinchey left. So, they have a great left tackle, but if that's the only great thing you have, you can, you know, exploit the rest of the line and, and get some rush there. And we know Pittsburgh has an elite rush with TJ Watt, Alex Ty Smith and everybody else they have on it. So if the offensive line is an elite, will Purdy still have success under pressure when he doesn't have as much time to throw? He might not even be hundred percent yet. So I don't know that we can trust San Francisco's offense here to score a ton of points. Pittsburgh's offensive line also has question marks, but doesn't look like Nick Bose is going to be there to capitalize on that, and it's not going to be as dangerous of a defense. They also lost depth on the defensive side, but particularly in the secondary, they lost their defensive coordinator, very good defensive coordinator in D'Amico Ryans now in Houston. Steve Wilkes replaces him, so it seems like the pipeline of young coordinators that take over in San Francisco might have been tapped out because they're going to Steve Wilkes at this point. Um, So we'll see what he has there. I think Pittsburgh can make this an ugly defensive game, pull off a shocker, win in an upset. I would lean to Pittsburgh plus two and a half. I would lean to the under, um, but I wouldn't take San Francisco on the road in this spot, knowing Purdy's health is kind of ambiguous at this point.
2: This is why I love this show so much, because everybody's got their opinion. Scott says, people overthinking this game way too much. Niners win. turtleman 137 says, I look forward to fading the 49ers. Interesting. We got both sides of the fence. Maestro, where do you fall?
3: Well, they won't have the defensive player of the year, and they might not have their best offensive player in George Kittle. So it's tough to lay points with the 49ers. I think the Steelers, another good, attractive teaser leg, up to eight and a half. Uh, The Steelers were eight. And two, with T.J. Watt in the lineup, uh, you know, the most impactful uh, edge rusher that we've seen in a long time. Their defensive ratings with him on the field and without are something like, you know, fifth best versus 30th. I mean, it is crazy what a difference he makes. And Kenny Pickett, you know, I wasn't so impressed with him late last season because they were playing some very weak defenses. But again, I'm I'm with RJ. I think this is a tight game. To me, it's a good teaser leg.
2: All right. I love teaser legs, but remember, you want to do it with a half a point because on a teaser leg, if it pushes, that's a loss. So be very, very careful and smart and listen to my guys on what the proper numbers are you have to go through with a six-point teaser. All right. The next game, fascinating. You got the Bucs who named Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback now that Tom Brady has officially retired. The Vikings are laying six at home. Kirk Cousins is one of my new favorite players after watching him on quarterback on Netflix. The stuff he goes through just to tee it up on Mondays and excuse me, on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays is incredible. So, Maestro, I'm going to come back to you with the total sitting at 45. Are you a believer in Minnesota at home laying six in a division where people are saying Detroit is far and away the best team right now? I'm a believer
3: in the Vikings being exactly what they were last year, which is a very average team that got incredibly lucky 11 or no, in one score games, a negative point differential. And yet they still won 13 regular season games. Those breaks are not going to go their way again. Not to that extent. There is no way in my mind they should be laying this many. And that's why this is my second official play for the show, the Bucks plus the six. You know, Baker Mayfield, you can make fun of him all all you want, 14 to 15 in the preseason. You can discount that. But the upgrade at OC, when you lose Byron Lefwich, who would run the ball right into the line on first and second down and set up Brady on third and nine. Uh, and now you get Dave Canales from Seattle. He's the guy that might be most responsible for the great season that Geno Smith had. He also was the coordinator, the passing game coordinator, when Russell Wilson went back-to-back to back to the Pro Bowl so I think this Bucks offense with Godwin and Evans and Palmer the rookie the speedster is going to be better than people think the defense is solid they're healthier now I love the points in this spot
2: <laughs> half of the chat says Kirko chains balling out this year if you don't know what he's talking about go watch some Netflix come on all right RJ Maestro loves the Bucks plus the six for all the reasons that he just laid out what are your thoughts
0: yeah, I'm going to have to be against Maestro on this one. There's not an offensive coordinator on God's green earth that's going to co- cover <laughs> the the drop-off from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. It just isn't isn't going to matter. This I don't think the offense is going to be bad. I've been drafting a lot of Chris Godwin in fantasy leagues. I think that they're underrated in terms of pass catchers, but I don't think it's going to be very good either. Offensive line's a weakness. And you look at the Vikings, you talk about them being an average team last year. They should have been average. These teams realize when they overperform, underperform, they go out and they do things differently. They're not running it back with the same team. Brian Flores matters. So it's hard to trust Minnesota after seeing the defense stumble. But that strong Minnesota front, I think, is going to attack this weak Tampa Bay offensive line, pressure Mayfield. And Brian Flores isn't going to play the same type of defense they played last year, which allowed two score games to turn into one score games and allowed them to, to look like they were getting very lucky in a lot of these games. I don't think they deserve 13 wins last year. That does not mean that that a, an eight-win team that should have been an eight-win team last year cannot get better and win 10 games this year. So I think because the Tampa Bay run offense doesn't demand respect and no Brady to cover up the holes I don't know that Viking, the Buccaneers are going to score a ton on this Vikings defense and the Minnesota pass offense is good enough to beat the Tampa Bay DBs and their offensive line has an edge on Tampa Bay's defensive line I have the line at minus seven I think Minnesota could win this game by double digits I would look to alternates if you believe me and not Larry because I think there's a chance they win this game by you know 13 14 points and you get a good number there but my lean would be to Minnesota minus six
2: Michael in the chat says something that I say all the time I thought I could do the work Until I listen to these guys' analysis, there's a reason we do this for a living. But unlike everybody else and all those places that charge you thousands and thousands of dollars, and then they say, hey, now go make the bet. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. We believe in everybody doing this together, and we just happen to have the very best. And Maestro and RJ, we're the best. I'll wait. Now, RJ, I'm coming right back to you. So we have one more game at 1 o'clock also fascinating to me titans at the saints saints are laying three the total is at 41 now the fighting Derek cars are going to come call into the superdome is he going to make a difference for new orleans in the nfc south
0: Maybe. Well, you talk about that. That was a pretty, it looks like a pretty down division. So maybe they can go out and win it with him. I think the Titans are better than people realize. We know Mike Rabel loves the underdog, um, you know, moniker. He's, I think he's 24, 17 and one against the spread as an underdog. Um, some ridiculous uh, win rate, win over 50% of the time as an underdog outright. Um, Tennessee is weak on the offensive line though, but the New Orleans defensive line was awful last year as well. They brought some guys in. I don't know if the, the defensive tackle rotation is going to make that much of a difference early on. Derek Henry can still be the focal point of this offense offense in the matchup and then hitting guys like deandre hopkins a um in the passing game when they need to tennessee's defense extremely injured last year i think the most injured defense in the league they are better than than you would realize watching them last year their talent is going to surprise this year and they added sean murphy bunting the the tampa bay court um you know loses a big big name there he goes over to tennessee and now that can help them slow down the new orleans offense who has one very good uh, offensive weapon uh catching the ball in chris olave and i'm not sure if much else proven there so we took it at three and a half on sports line it's down to three now um i think it's still an okay play at three and but but it's mike variable you may as well play the money line if you're gonna play the three
2: (laughs) i have missed you so much stoic one maestro talk to me
3: Yeah, I'm with RJ. I think both of these teams are going to have good seasons, maybe outperform the expectations a little bit. When you look at the head coaching matchup, Mike Rabel as an underdog versus Dennis Allen as a favorite. I mean, that's not close. It's all Mike Vrabel. So uh, I'll lean with RJ on this one.
2: All right. You are watching the Week 1 NFL Mega Preview from the Early Edge Universe. If you're not a subscriber yet, I encourage you to do so and turn on your notifications. But how about right here, right now? Before we get to our next break, I do you a solid. Because so many of you in the chat that I don't recognize, you're brand new. Everybody's told you about the early edge. Well, how about this? I'll give you 60% off. Use the promo code COACH, and I'll give you the next three months all the way into December. 60% off. Then after that, you're playing with house money. Even after that, it's only $10 a month. Come on. You spent that at Starbucks this morning. Now, with all that being said, Where else are we going to be? I think sooner rather than later. It's a place you can already watch football and the greatest shows and movies in the world. Snake roll it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology marketing and creative legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today
2: you damn right joe uh, robert in the chat says i think this is my new it show this year it took you 30 minutes to realize that robert welcome to the family the very best in the business we have fun and we don't make you spend two hours watching every single show it's not what we're all about so let's jump into our four o'clock games 425 to be exact and so many in the chat are talking about the bears and justin fields he actually has odds for the MVP this year let's hold the phone for a second the bears are favored by one over jordan love total at 43 larry hartstein talk to me on this one Well, I'm jealous of RJ because he jumped in
3: on the Packers early and now the line is all the way down to one. I'm with him on the Packers. You know, the Bears are missing their best offensive lineman. Justin Fields has thrown three touchdowns and six picks against the Green Bay defense. They did add DJ Moore, which is exciting, but the Packers have Jair Alexander to match up against him and I think Jordan Love is going to be fine. When you have those two good running backs, you have some good young explosive wideouts and this kid is willing to throw deep and willing to throw the ball over the middle of the field with Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers just wanted to protect the ball not throw a single interception Jordan Love won't be as efficient but he's going to make the explosive plays and we know the Bears defense is terrible remains terrible so I'm on the Packers here
0: RJ why did you like the Packers so much yeah, we got it at plus two and a half before the move. Now The line makes more sense to me. I still think Green Bay is a much better team. I have this line at minus one. But, you know, minus one on either side of the line isn't isn't saying that much. So I think the line's around where it should be. Chicago is overrated to start the year. You know, I know I, I can understand with a lot of excitement. I, I believe in Justin Fields as a quarterback. They did not have a good team last year. They had the number one overall pick. They were the worst team in football. And people are projecting them to maybe compete for a playoff spot. I think they're, they're over under with seven and a half wins. They have a long way to go. They use their ample cap space on linebacker and guard which are not key positions in building a team you know it's good to have guys like Tremaine Edmonds around if that's your final piece to making it work but you really got to build at other spots first and they're just not good at some of these other spots I think Jordan Love can lean on the run game in this game in this matchup he doesn't have to do too much in the passing game not worry really about this pass rush here um, and hit some shots to Christian Watson and and pepper it over the middle to guys like Luke Luke Musgrave but the run game will be the focus here Green Bay's defense best unit in the game by far out of out of the, the offensive defense on both sides of the ball they just Need to limit field's rush total and of course they know that after seeing the tape of him last year so i think green bay is going to come out win this game um but i think the line's are around where it should be so it's only a lean at plus one right now but uh i'm glad we got it when we did at plus two and a half
2: you're damn right edwin also says i love the props for this game well edwin guess what we also have a props only show every single friday prop stars the best prop better in america he's on our team also at cbs he'll be a part of that uncle dave And we've got a newbie this year. EC will be on the Prop Show every single Friday on this same channel. Turn on your notifications. All right, the next one, a little battle from the NFC West. And, RJ, I'm coming back to you because this is one of your best bets for the entire week. Seahawks will lay in five. The total is 46 and a half. Who do you like here?
0: Yeah, we got a better number on the Seahawks on the site. I keep harping. Go on the site. You can get the the lines, the the picks when I put them in. and You can get some good numbers there. I was shocked it got down to four. Seattle is so much better than the Rams, even if Cooper Cup is playing in this game. Um, he's the one good playmaker the the Rams have, and he's probably out for this game, still getting you know work done and, and evaluation on his injury. The Rams' offensive line is a mess. They drafted a pretty good guard, Steve Avila. Avila um, not going to be you know ready to carry this line in week one. Defense is unimpressive aside from Aaron Donald with all the guys they lost. Seattle, on the other hand, strong up and down the roster. Defense will be much better this year after adding Devin Witherspoon, Bobby Wagner, guys like that, Um, and then Geno Smith. He's not going to have to do much to win this game by at least a touchdown here, but I think he is more the quarterback that we saw in the first half of the season than we saw in the second half, which is what everybody is kind of making him out to be and why they're not as high on Seattle as I am. Maybe you just connect with the offensive coordinator that really fits, fits, you know, what you want to do. And maybe he found that in Seattle here. So I think he's going to be good lead an offense that that's very deep. And this defense is going to be better than people realize. And the Seahawks are going a long way this year and they should be probably seven and a half, eight point favorites in this game.
2: Yeah. I think people need to start understanding Maestro that Geno is for real. But when you see stories out of the Rams, Locker room that Matthew Stafford can't connect with younger players. That's a problem. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, my thoughts is I got sick to my stomach because I was on the Rams and then the news came and I posted it on Sportsline at a better number, I believe four and a half uh, than RJ got when he laid the four. And then the news came out about Cooper Cup and and now it looks very bleak. I do think Tutu Atwell will take a, a step forward. I do think the running game will be okay. Uh, and I'm not so sure about that Seattle secondary right now. You know, the first round pick Witherspoon just came back to practice. Is he going to be ready to go? Woolen was not good down the stretch and Sean Mc they had covered five straight has covered five straight against Pete Carroll so they played them very very tough last year my feeling was with the big three healthy you know Stafford Cup and Donald they would give Seattle a very good game may probably lose by a field goal but now with Cup out uh, I really regret uh, making that bet
2: I think that he's going to be out for a while because when you're traveling to see a specialist for a hamstring that is a huge red flag you just don't do that for a hamstring unless it's very very bad and it's hard to come back from when you're a slot receiver running all over the field starting and stopping i think that's a big big red flag i'm glad you pointed that out maestro all right let's move on to the afc west and there are teams that are playing in this division that all think that they're a playoff team in fact i've seen some people say the chiefs aren't even the best team in this division crazy Broncos laying three and a half new head coach, same Russell Wilson who played in a father son golf tournament yesterday with his kid. Pretty cool. Uh total 46, or excuse me, 44. And RJ, you also have a best bet. So let's have you go first.
0: Yeah, this line has come down with Jerry Judy injured. J- Josh Jacobs now back. I think it's good value to lay it with the Denver here. at minus three and a half. Las Vegas invested in pass catchers. That was their big thing this offseason. But Denver's secondary is elite. They've got some great talent back there. They're going to be able to play defense really well. And Sean Payton obviously believes Russell Wilson is salvageable. He believes he's not the quarterback that we saw last year. And I'm going to put my trust in Sean Payton, a future Hall of Fame coach, um, that he knows what he's doing. The Denver run game should make it easier on on Russell Wilson. Um, because they have two good running backs there. Jamonte Williams will see what he can do in his first game back with Samaji P. Ryan was a great addition there and they can run it all over the, the Raiders. Um, but the Denver receivers and tight ends um, in particular are still solid. They have good depth at tight end. Good enough they were able to cut Albert O and uh, he got picked up by the Eagles. And then you look at the home field advantage here. The altitude is brutal for road teams early in the year in Denver um, and, and it's hard to it's easy to wear it down because it's hard to keep up your conditioning for four quarters. So even if you don't play Denver minus three and a half, I think playing them their second half line at halftime is definitely worth a look
2: wait a second you're gonna put more more trust in sean payton than josh mcdaniels what maestro bring us back to earth bring us back to earth well, I'm I, for me, it's Broncos or pass even. I
3: do think the Raiders offense is going to be better than people think when you have Jimmy G and Josh Jacobs and all those great receivers. But that defense is so bad. Uh, them and Arizona, I think, are the worst defenses in all of football. Max Crosby could start for pretty much any team. But the other 10 starters I don't think would start for, you know, 90% of the teams in the NFL. That's how bad this defense is. So, yeah, to me, Broncos or pass.
2: I want to take a look at that total around 424 on Sunday afternoon. All right. This next matchup could be a preview of a playoff matchup because both teams should have been playoff teams last year. They played like playoff teams last year, but the Dolphins, their team that has a quarterback that gets hurt and the Chargers, he, they do not get hurt. They, he does not get hurt. And he got his money in the offseason talking about Mr. Herbert. So Chargers laying three at home. Maestro, I'm coming back to you. The total sitting at 51 in this game. Do you believe both teams should be a playoff team this year?
3: I do. I'm totally torn on this game because I love both teams. I think the Chargers are going to be much better with Kellen Moore as the OC. They're going to attack down the field. They drafted the rookie out of TCU. So I love both teams, actually, RJ. So I'm going to sit back and listen to you because I have no play on this game.
2: And Joe said they were both playoff teams last year. That's what I just said. (laughs) I literally just said that. I said they were playoff teams. They should have been playoff teams. That's what I just said. RJ, talk to me.
0: Yeah, I was initially going to be on Miami through most of the offseason on this game um, at three. Um, I think that they're a very good offense, and they're better than the Chargers overall. Then you've got these injuries keep happening. You know, Jalen Ramsey out for, for who knows how long till December, at least. Um, Jalen Waddle is practicing, but he's been dealing with an injury, and uh, they can't afford injuries at receiver. They're not deep at receiver. And then the key one, Teron Armstead, still sideline. So Tua's t- going to have to get the ball out quick. They know he's going to have to get the ball out quick. They're going to have to you know, get him in space pretty quickly, and maybe that works. Um, and they're able to still score points at ease. We'll see. This is the Justin Herbert unleashing game, though. Um, you know he should be able to uh, get comfortable with Kellen Moore as his OC, go downfield more, and put up some points here. I think Vic Fangio can turn around the Miami D, but he could struggle against teams that do have a good deep receiver core um, because of the Jalen Ramsey injury. And the Chargers have one of the deepest receiver rooms in the league after adding Quentin Johnson the rookie out of TCU. So, Chargers defense continues to fall flat versus the run. You want to attack them against the run, but Miami—that's not what they do. They're not a run-based offense. You know they like to get those quick passes out and and you know chew up uh, yardage i believe hill and waddle combined for over three thousand passing yards i think three is the right number here i think the total's probably right i'm like larry i wouldn't play it but if armstead was in this game i would dip it dip it under three and i think dolphins would be a value all right very very good
2: now by the way a little nugget i told you phil mckeg is in the chat He coached Keenan Allen. He coached Mike Williams. He was a part of this Chargers staff until a couple of years ago. So, you have any questions for him on the receivers, on whether or not they should bet on the receivers, whatever it is, throw it into the chat. He's in there right now. He'll answer for you in real time. But he got me into a couple of games. I still had to buy the tickets, but I got into a couple of games. You can't get no free tickets in the NFL. So, don't even ask. Don't even ask. All right, this next one is the last 425 game on Sunday. And, RJ, you also have – excuse me. Yeah, you also have a pick in this game. The Eagles, it's been hovering around three and a half or four. And that's why you got to be a member. Patriots hosting total at 45. What a game, RJ, for the New England Patriots to have to come out of the gate and face the defending NFC champs.
0: Your thoughts? Yeah, it was as high as five over the summer. Um, got down to four and a half, four. Now it's three and a half at FanDuel. And, and I think if you get a three and a half, that's a play you want to make um, because the Eagles are way better than the Patriots. I think this line might be minus seven. And the only reason it's not is because of the, the respect that Bill Belichick has earned. But this, his teams haven't been great the last few years. Um, defense very good, but Philadelphia you know, can can get it done offensively. New England's defense had a good year, but the mobile quarterbacks they faced had success. Lamar Jackson, remember that Justin Fields upset. Bears one thirty. 314 out of nowhere against the Patriots um, Philly's offense obviously more than just a mobile quarterback they can score against anyone but they do have that that tool in their pocket too which Jalen hurts and the Philadelphia defense could dominate New England offensive line which is weak at offensive tackle Riley Reef now on the IR so they have um, some issues there and Philadelphia's defensive line could eat in this game put Mac Jones under pressure shouldn't be expected to score a ton of points um, if, if he's having to deal with that defensive front so I understand Belichick deserves a respect But I think this line should be seven as long as you think that the Eagles can score on this defense, and I think they can. So if you can get that three-and-a-half at FanDuel, I think I'm laying it with the Eagles.
2: All of a sudden, I'm starting to really like FanDuel. I really like their lines. I like what they're all about. I like that they're in the content. I love that you use their line. I just like everything about FanDuel. Maestro, talk to me on this one.
3: I'm with RJ. The Eagles are absolutely loaded uh, on both sides of the ball. and The Patriots lose a starting tackle in the third preseason game. This was already going to be a limited offense with not a lot of explosion. Uh, So, yeah, for me, Eagles are nothing.
2: Yeah, the whole chat agrees with you as well. Sometimes you don't have to make it any more difficult than it is. And usually a three and a half line, you can get it on the money line if you want for usually minus 150, minus 160. I don't see any scenario, I agree completely with RJ and for you, that the Patriots win this football game. I just don't see it. All right, let's move on to Sunday night football. And, RJ, I'm also coming to you first because you have a pick that I think is going to surprise some people. It certainly surprises me based off of all of the stories we heard in the offseason. But I'm anxious to hear. Cowboys, they're favored by three and a half at the New York Giants. Two games, Sunday night and Monday night, both in the Meadowlands. Total 46 and a half. Why do you like the Giants?
0: Yeah, the Giants are another team like Minnesota that Larry was harping on that did not deserve their record, overperformed. And again, I think that they're going to be a better team. I think they did not stand still this offseason, and they're, they're going to do different things in year two of Brian Dayball and the front office, creating the team that they want, the roster that they want, especially on def- the defensive side of the ball. And that coaching staff will make the underlying team better in 2023, where a team that played like a seven-win team is going to play like a nine-win team, maybe better this year. Waller was a big addition for Daniel Jones, and Wandale Robinson is now he- activated off the, uh, the pup list. He can be a weapon on offense. That was the guy that they drafted last year in the second round to be the guy that I think Brian Dayball had some ideas with what he was going to do with him. Now that he has him available, that those pass catchers are going to be better than people realize. And the defense should be much better with Bob Yokariki, good rookie cornerbacks there. So then you look at the Dallas side of the ball, their pass rush is elite, but Dayball can help scheme to neutralize that a little bit. And Dallas has kind of telegraphed their plan as run, run the ball and play defense, um, You know, c- control the clock. It's going to be hard to win big against solid teams, especially on the road. This seems to me like a three-point game at worst. I love getting the three-and-a-half with the Giants, Um, so I I played that as a best bet for Giants plus three-and-a-half.
2: If there's one thing that I have learned the last three years with you two is that you can't take a bias or you can't take, oh, that team did that into every single game. Because if that's the case, the Cowboys are the play. But then you listen to RJ and you go, wait a second. Maestro, you're up.
3: Home divisional dogs in week one are on an incredible run coach 21 and five against the number Ooh. covering by eight points per game. This according to Cleve TA on Twitter. Uh, and this is a spot where I'm with RJ. I'm on the dog. I'm taking the points. I don't believe everything I read in terms of preseason and and training camp, but the what is coming out about the way Daniel Jones has total command of the offense with Mike Kafka and Brian Dayball in year two and some of the weapons they got, Jalen Hyatt, Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, they have a lot more weapons. They're going to be more dynamic offensively. I think the defense will be better. So, yeah, the Cowboys deserve to be favored, but I think it's a field goal game.
2: All right, it's going to be tight Sunday night. I always like to take whether my, I'm winning or whether I'm losing, and that affects my play on Sunday night. I'm horrible like that, but that's what I normally do. Uh, by the way, Joe says FanDuel is going to be offering promo code coach for an odds boost, probably on the Chiefs. Now, Joe, why would we do that? Why would you all think that we potentially have a new sponsor in FanDuel? Just because I said it four times. Why would you all think that? Now, Monday Night Football. There's only one this year. They're not doing the doubleheader. They're not doing that 7 p.m. Eastern, 10:15 game. No, they're doing one at the Meadowlands, and this is all they need because this could be the game of the week. It's certainly the star power game of the week. So as I look at my notes, I'm coming to the maestro first because it seems like to me there's a lot of people disrespecting RJ's Buffalo Bills, two and a half, against a Jets team with 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of guys that call him a god on hard knocks. I've never seen anything like it. Your thoughts on this game? My thoughts are
3: that I bet the Bills on the money line to avoid, you know, a close lo- a close win that doesn't cover. Got it at -138. I'm seeing it a lot higher right now. You know, the Bills were the power-rated number 1 team in the NFL last season until the injuries hurt- hit, you know, with Von Miller and then Josh Allen playing hurt. And this was Josh Allen's worst game against the Jets at the Jets two picks. They lose 20 to 17. Something tells me he's going to have a huge bounce back game, but they made great additions, you know, offensive line with McGovern. They draft the explosive tight end. They get Leonard Floyd to help on the pass rush. They get Ford up front, Damian Harris. I just love what they're doing. I love Sean McDermott in control of that defense. They're healthy. All the guys in the secondary are healthy, and they haven't been able to say that in Buffalo in almost two years.
2: Jeff in the chat, he agrees with you. He says, I'm all over on the Bills. So RJ, the one thing I love about working here at CBS and being on this brand is that we don't have to hide our fandom. The thing I respect about you the most is that when you're talking about the Bills, you're always very fair, whether it's for your team or against your team. Your thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, I might be more pessimistic than, than a normal Bills fan, so if you're listening to my Bills take it, I'm down on them. You might take it with a grain of salt, but I do like them in this matchup. When it was minus one, I love them at minus two and a half. Larry quoted the stats about the the home dogs covering in week one um, in a divisional game, so I'm a little less in love with it at minus two and a half, but I would still lean that way. Um, the high Jets rating hinges on Rodgers in 2023, outplaying the Rodgers that played in 2022. I know he didn't have great weapons, Devontae Adams had left, um, but still, some of that's on him, and the Jets running backs are going to help him out but they're going to be limited early and so if they're limited who scares a good Buffalo defense aside from from Garrett Wilson you know I don't think that they're going to have to worry too much about that um, the elite Jets defense did uh, hold Buffalo to 17 points in one game 20 points in the other but that first game is the one where Allen hurt his elbow and you know had to play through it the rest of the year and didn't look the same so if, if that is 100% now he should be better here still going up against one of the best defenses in the league so it's not going to be easy for him but um, I think both pass rushers could be a problem for both offensive lines so i would probably lean more to the under 46 and a half than i would buffalo at this point at two and a half but they are far enough ahead of my power ratings that i think this line should be probably three and a half or four so if you want to lay it with buffalo i'm fine with that but i think the under is the better play.
2: i think doghouse riley is saying what we all feel bills two and a half question mark christmas has come early this year that's how i feel but i like laying that i don't mind laying minus 138 so i can take that two and a half out I just want to win the ball game Monday night. By by the way, a quick reminder, Sunday night Cowboys-Giants, we have a live primetime show at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on this same channel. Monday night, also a primetime NFL show at 7.30, breaking down just the Bills and the Jets. We're going to do it every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night just for you. Now, grab your paper. Grab your pencil. We do have official picks here on the show. Here is the recap courtesy of the snake on the ones and the twos. RJ's on the Broncos laying the three and a half. Eagles also laying three and a half. Seahawks minus five. And the Giants on Sunday night football plus three and a half. Maestro. David Montgomery, anytime touchdown. That game is Thursday night. Bucks plus six in Minnesota. And Bill's on the money line at minus 138 on Monday night football. Now, you guys know that I like to end every one of our specialty shows asking my guys, what's the number one? Most important thing they're looking forward to for the week. RJ, let's start with you.
0: Well, obviously, Bill's Jets is going to be a great game in primetime. I think the one key game to look at is Bengals-Browns. We get to see how healthy Joe Burrow is playing in that game. We also get to see how good the offensive line for Cincinnati can be with Orlando Brown out left tackle. And then we get to see how good Deshaun Watson is after a full offseason S starter, doesn't have to take that break. Um, and whether the Browns are going to be a legit contender, um, I think we're going to find that out in this game. So that will be the fascinating game to watch at 1 p.m. All
3: right. Maestro, you're up. To me, it's the Lions. I think we're going to see a very explosive offense with the rookie, Jameer Gibbs. But I also think Aaron Glenn's defense with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who led the NFL with takeaways last season, is going to be a lot better. Aiden Hutchinson uh, is basically unblockable right now. I'm very high on the Lions and obviously uh, can't wait for Thursday night.
2: No, me too. I'm very high on Thursday night to see if my Chiefs have what it takes to repeat. But I'm also very high on some of the new young quarterbacks to see. You rarely have three starting rookie quarterbacks week one in the NFL. You hardly ever see it. We're going to see it this week. Who's going to be able to handle it? Who's not going to be able to handle it? Who's going to get out to a fast start? Because we now realize how important a home field is in the playoffs. There's only one team that gets it in each division. Every game counts. All right. Now, uh, Michael says, where are coaches' picks at? Well, I don't have time on this show. This is all about RJ and the maestro, but I'll have picks live on the primetime shows and also at noon Eastern time on Sundays. We count down all the early games as well. I tell you all the time. Take a screenshot of our new schedule because we're going to be very, very busy, 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 busy shows every day, multiple times a day, which is why we didn't have time for Early Edge and Five anymore. Don't forget, if you're watching us live, we are live tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time with our weekly mega college football preview with EC, AB, and Chip. We never stop. So with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. My entire crew, love RJ White, the stoic one, the maestro, Larry Hartstein, and the snake always working behind the scenes. We grind for you. Are you serious? We're ready for week one? Yes, so we can win with you. It's what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck.